Welcome to episode four of Station to Station. I'm your host, Michelle Bacon, and we are going behind the stages, venues, and studios of Kansas City's musical landscape, talking to the individuals who are making it happen. And one of my goals is to connect with voices we don't get to hear from all the time and to amplify the important work they're doing in the music world. So I am very excited to introduce my next guest, Julia Hale. Julia is one of Kansas City's most sought-after performers, a mesmerizing vocalist, a songwriter, and just an overall wonderful presence. Julia, you work with Hilux, you also have a burgeoning solo career, and you've done so many other wonderful, amazing things in Kansas City's music scene and beyond. So thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you for having me, Michelle. This is awesome. Yeah, we've talked before and, you know, we know each other through the scene. And you are also one of my guest vocalists for the band of Felder Earth, Bowie Tribute. But I don't think we've really ever gotten a chance to sit down one-on-one, so I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we can just go ahead and get into it. I'd love to talk more about your background. I know that you come from a family of musicians and performers, mostly on your mom's side. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, it was a large influence growing up and it kind of still, I mean, it continues to be like they, they, my aunts and uncles continue to work and I, I get to see projects that they're, they're working on currently. And yeah, it's just a nice, nice connection to, to keep going. Your aunt, Roberta Gumble, she's an opera singer, right? She is. She is. She has an incredible voice. And she just um, was working on a project called DWB, Driving While Black, which was just a, a, a short, powerful performance about that issue, which we, we have heard a lot about, and was actually set to uh, go back to New York. She lived in New York for quite some time, to go back to New York and perform the piece right before COVID and, and had, to, had to stay home. So, uh, But that is still circulating and, and still getting a lot of views and listens. That's awesome. Is she based yeah. here then mainly? She is based here now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She um, is here and uh, teaching at KU also. Awesome. So you grew up here in Kansas City and most of your family, the musicians and performers, were they mostly around? Like, were you able to see them perform a lot? I, I saw my aunt perform quite a bit when she would come back in town. She would put on concerts. And my an uncle of mine um, has been putting out music in, in Kansas City. I'm sure I have his record around here somewhere. And is also a poet. And, and you know, his for a birthday party for him a couple years ago was just him on stage at the gym playing... Uh, his music and it was it was a lot of family and friends and yeah yeah we just uh, I get to see them now and have memories from that growing up for sure that's awesome growing up you did choir competitive singing um yeah voice lessons and you also did a summer camp uh through the lyric opera which I thought was really interesting um oh my gosh yes so yeah tell me a little bit about that because that's something particularly something I've don't have any experience with and I'm curious about how that helped shape who you are as a, as sure. a, as a singer. Yeah. Um, gosh, I can't, I don't know how many summers I did, but the Lyric Opera put on a, a summer camp for, for children, varying ages, you know, as young as maybe nine or so and into high school. And it was a, a few weeks in the summer that consisted of learning music, putting on a short performance at the end of the camp. And what was great about it was getting to know and and hear all these professionals in 
their field at the moment, um, come and be those spotlight voices for the show, come and lead us through sections and, and help teach us music and, you know, perform small tidbits from operas and things. You know, it was just a really great environment to see these people performing and then and then be able to follow their careers outside of that so and it you know the the stage manager who was who was putting on the show when I was a kid at the camp um, I ended up working with at UMKC she was the, the, the musical director there so you know that was a connection I made from a very young age and then I got to college and it was like hey I get to work with you again and you know see some of those same performers so yeah, that definitely kind of steered me in a certain direction. And I, I totally just learned a lot in that time. Yeah. Have you done yeah. much operatic performance? No, not since since college. Um, and I, I would have a hard time getting back to it. It was, mm -hmm. you know, you go through that point in your life where you're just like training for something over and over again. And then you, you set it aside for a long time. So outside the walls of my own home, no, I do not <laughs> do any of that yeah. style anymore. Well, that's just, I would imagine, just such a different way of exercising your voice, you know, and, and you, yeah. already, you, have such, you have such a great range as a vocalist already, but I mean... I would say opera is just, it's just a totally different world, right? Yeah, yeah. You and kind of have and to you, you, yourself. You, you do, and you, I, I mean, you can still take away those principles that you're using in that genre, you know, elsewhere. I, I kind of worried about that stepping away from, from classical music for a while, but um, I just tried to take care of my voice in the same way I always have and, and just remember to, to, pay attention to it and and be aware of how I'm using it and yeah I, I can apply that to really anything. Sure I, I think that that's a really unique way of growing up you know being able to have all of this access to all of these different music classes and then also seeing your family and close friends just growing up in that environment and having that encouraged in your life. Yeah. For me, for me it was kind of the opposite I, I just I didn't grow up with any family members who did music. The only thing I did was play piano at a young age. And it really wasn't something that was encouraged outside of my parents. So sure. I'm, I'm wondering like how, how that just fostered your growth, because I know you've been kind of performing in public since you were in preschool, right? Yeah, I, I, I remember that, that first little solo um, and, and would always try to, you know, stand out in ways that I could. I was, I like, wasn't a great student that, you know, as, as in other fields. Um, I just, I, I tried to do what I could to be involved musically. And I, I can point to little moments that kind of kept pushing me forward. So so I, I haven't had the intense, you know, childhood musical push that, that, you know, you see a lot of people have, but uh, the encouragement was always there and, and my interest kept growing. And I certainly wish I would have buckled down and, 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 you know, really learned piano when I was a kid or really took guitar lessons or, or did more of that. But, but yeah, everything kept, kept pushing forward. So. Mm -hmm. Well, and it sounds like, you know, instead of learning those other instruments, you really just honed in on your voice and yeah, made a huge yeah. difference. Yeah, I, I have always 
you know, it was always referred to as my instrument, you know, and I, I kind of latched onto that. So I take pride in that, you know, it, it, my instrument walks around with me everywhere I go and, and it gets affected by the cold and the hot, you know, it's, 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 it's very much a part of me, but I have to, I have to take care of it. So yeah, I, that, that is definitely where I, I place my focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's something that maybe people on the outside don't quite understand. I've, mm-hmm. I've heard this a lot, and, and this kind of goes back to um, something we collaborated on together a few years ago with Turning the Tables, yeah. um, Women in Music, and that is something that I have heard in regards to women like, oh, well, you're just a singer, right? Mm-hmm. You know, And I've sure. heard that myself. I'm not a singer, but when I show up at a place... Sometimes people just assume that I'm the singer because sure. that's just what happens. But but at the same time, it's like, no, I don't have the chops to be a singer. I can't. <laughs> I have no idea how to use that instrument because that's, sure. I feel like it's harder in a lot of ways than sitting down and learning, you know, these different technicalities of an instrument. Because with your sure. voice, it's it's in some ways kind of this intangible thing. You can't sit down and learn like here is this chord and that chord you know you're just right yeah it's all feel it's all right it's placement and 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 yeah i i did some of that i mean of course studying music it's like here are your vocal cords and this is what they're doing and you know there there was that element that's always back there so i it's it comes back to being aware um of what you're saying and how you're saying it and and what your limits are and when you can push your limits and um you know, I, a lot of people don't think of it as something you have to exercise like a muscle, but that's exactly what it is. You know, if I wanted to start doing operatic songs again, I could, I could start training my voice. You know, I, I get you, you start vocalizing and you do it every day and then it's, and then it's a reflex. So that's, that's just how I've always thought about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you went to, um, the Conservatory of Music at UMKC and studied voice. Yes. Something that I think about a lot is, is how having a passion for music is way different than having a lifelong education in it. And you have both. Mm. Um, mm. Like, again, studying music and the technicalities of your voice are kind of a different thing than, than having it be an integral part of who you are. And it seems like music has always been something that you've been driven towards. Um, and I know that you also, you left UMKC so you could start performing full-time in bands. So right. I'm curious about like how you view the value of education versus the real life experiences you've had as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I would say again, you know, I, I struggled with certain aspects of school and then to some, you know, some areas I just, I really gravitated towards so it's it's funny that I can now think about how I I wish I had had more drive or I wish I had done this I wish I'd done that but I I always knew singing was what I wanted to do and I was kind of just it's not even like I was running towards it I was just kind of I kept falling forward you know this is this is I was getting a small push but I was also just letting it kind of lead me wherever I wanted to go so you know, starting college was like, you know, it's like the next step. It's like, this is what we're doing. This is how we further our education. But you're right. I got to a point where I, I felt that I wanted to just leave that 
side of things and, and go do what I've always wanted to do. And uh, gosh, I, I learned so much, you know, uh, again, things I will just never forget and, and more principles than anything else. But the balance of my own, like, this is what I'm going to do because it's what I'm passionate about and I can't see myself doing anything else. And the encouragement from my environment kind of really did just kind of balance out to, to get me where I am. So. Mm -hmm. Did you ever aspire to do anything besides music as like a lifelong vocation? Um, no, not really. Like, of course you have interests in things and, sure. and I, I, I don't know. It was just, even, even when I, when I wasn't thinking about how I was going to do it, how I was going to take the next steps to, to, Put myself where I wanted to be because I've, I've also never been that kind of person that just needed to be on stage mm -hmm. you know I I am I am so happy singing in whatever capacity as long as I'm as long as my heart's in it that I never needed to be like a superstar you know I wasn't going for for a stardom that we we see today um, I just wanted to sing and I wanted to keep being good at it I'm, yeah, I was just curious because, you know, in, in a lot of ways, it seems like the path has been set for you as far as like just having all of that encouragement and then just having this really great voice that you've been able to channel into different things. talk more about what you've been doing your music career so you're currently a member of Hilux and yes. you also do a lot of solo stuff uh, working with your fiance Tim Braun yes but you started out your first band was the Goodfoot right yes yes okay. and so that started around what 2008 yes just about yeah okay so how did you connect with these musicians I know that you were at UMKC at the same time yes uh, yes okay. I was at UMKC at the same time and friends were forming the band. Um, and I, you know, I was welcomed in, invited in, and it, it seemed to work. And we were, uh, we did a battle of the bands. Oh my gosh, it was like at the union. Like, oh. yeah, it was like a Kilroy deal, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and like, gosh, I think we performed like a few songs and they were like, you want to do any more? And we were like, that's all we know. But, uh, <laughs> we, you know, we won anyway. And, um, yeah, so it, 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 it clicked pretty, pretty early on. So it was, it was, we could just get going. Yeah. So it started out as a cover band and then you mm -hmm. grew to do originals, right? Yeah. Yeah. We grew to do some originals and then, you know, we were just kind of at the end of our, our rope at that point. Just, we were going pretty hard. It's just mm -hmm. time to take a break. 
so yeah, yeah, a few original songs came out before we kind of dissolved. Okay. Yeah, and that that band seemed to kind of catapult you into all of these other things. I can imagine, I mean, it was your first band, so I can imagine that provided yeah. quite an education for you as far as like just being in front of those kinds of crowds. I mean, it's a very different thing than like, you know, doing uh, school competitions or, right, or even right. the operatic side, you know, it, it's a it's a different way of connection. And then so at, from there, you you've done uh, the Buzz, which is kind yes. of a super group with Herman Mahari, Reach, Lee Langston, a lot, a lot of folks. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering like how that all worked together as far as just getting you to where you are now as an artist and as a songwriter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that that definitely, and of course I can look back and, and think of things I would have done differently or, or, or not done. And it, it, of course, introduced me to a lot of people and a lot of people I knew who were just working around and, and other people from college that were branching out and doing a lot of bands and things. Of course, going to a music school and, and performing in your own city, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, we have class together at some point. Or, so it was, it was strengthening those connections and, and starting new connections with people and getting to know what it was like to, to perform in this city and getting to know venues. And it, it was truly a, a, a great education early on. And then you start collaborating and, and writing comes from that. And which was also so different because, you know, doing what I was doing, you're performing other people's works. That's constantly what you're doing. You're learning songs that have been sung a hundred thousand million times over by people. Uh, and which is funny because I, I am now realizing now at this point in my life, I have written all my life. Like, you know, whether it was just journaling or writing lyrics, songs, and never really like diving into it because I had this other, you know, avenue where I was performing. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of got me, you know, it kind of shook that up again. It was, it was the collaborations, you know, working with, met Herman doing the, or not met, but we started working with Herman doing the Michael Jackson show and then... And then that group started to write music and, and perform original songs. So it was, it was a, a trail of like, this is who we know, this is who we're working with, and now let's try to, you know, build something on these new connections. So it was kind of the, an obvious next step from, from doing other people's work for so long. So was that kind of the first time you had started writing music or is, uh, like for a band? Yeah, yeah, and um, and and with, you know, you've seen that band on stage. There's there's a million of us, Buzz. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I could. I it was also another learning experience. You know, I was working with people that do that quite often, and that's their that's their main deal. So I got to see that process, and could kind of model what I wanted to do after after seeing how these performances get get done. Um, so it's an excellent next step to to learning, you know, how to how to round out my musicianship. What do I want to be doing? There's so many wonderful songs to sing and and so many more to write, you know. Uh, that's that's what I'm focusing on now. Awesome. Well, and you've said before that it can be harder to sing your own songs just to, you know, get your own experiences out there. Yeah. But it, but it's also in a lot of ways, it's a very integral part to 
other people connecting with you as an artist. And this is a thing I've talked to a lot of my friends about because there's kind of this struggle between, of course, wanting to connect with people, sharing a part of themselves, but not necessarily wanting to be in the spotlight, which is just something that you had mentioned. Like you've never been the type of person who craves the limelight. You just want to sing. Yes. So, so does that resonate with you? Oh, Michelle. <laughs> yes, 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 it does. Um, you know, writing is not only therapeutic, you know, it's, it's something I've discovered that I really need to do. And I am just a private person, you know, I've, I've never been one to just grab my phone and pour my heart out to, to a, a feed somewhere out there in the world. Like I've just... Yeah, I've, I've never been one to put too much information about myself out there. And I, like at this point, I'm like, who cares? Like other people are going through it, too. Like, let's right. let's connect over that. You know, it it felt really nice to, to share a song um, a couple weeks ago on Instagram and have friends say, oh, my gosh, I listened to this a couple of times because I just, uh, you know, I really needed to hear it. And and that's that's the la- those are the layers I'm trying to kind of shed now is to uh, commit myself to being more honest in what I want to sing about. And, you know, I don't have to, of course, I worry about it being good as we all do, but I, I can trust my background. I can trust in my own talents and, and again, be honest with myself and, and put the music out there. It's, it's, you know, I can look at so many people and, you know, wow, like that's, that's really raw. That's very, that's very open of them to share this part of themselves. And like, hell, why not? Like we, we need it. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I want to feel that connection with people, especially after a year of, of feeling isolated. Like this is, this is how we're connecting. This is how I want to connect with people. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's really just part of the process, you know, as you, as you grow as a songwriter. That's just yeah. kind of what happens. Um, and so that's come out in these videos you've been doing. You and Tim have been doing a lot of uh, at-home quarantine videos, I guess, yeah. through YouTube and your Instagram. And that song you were talking about, it's called How It Goes. And yeah. it's a song about remembering to trust love to keep you sane. And man, after this yeah. year, I feel like that is a message we need more than ever. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I I wanted it to feel like just that moment where, like, it, you know, I I I call it the snapback when I'm when I'm kind of losing myself in what's going on with the world or how I feel about myself and my abilities and where I'm going with my life. It's like I need to kind of take myself out of that. How do I do that? You have to remember that what you're moving towards something positive or there's positive things out in the world. And I, I just, I wanted that song to be, to be that moment. Like I kind of feel crazy right now and everybody understands that, you know, and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to talk a little bit about Hilux. Yeah. You all have been a band since 2015, maybe. Yeah. You started yes. and then you put an album out, Dance With My Baby EP out a few yeah. years ago. And I just love what you all do it, Again, it's kind of a super group. Tim Tim Braun is in the band with you. Yes. You got Nick Howell, Kian Byrne, Dan Loftus. Yeah. Yeah. One of the last shows I went to before 
quarantine started was that Mardi Gras thing that you all did at the foundation. Oh yeah, yeah, that was so fun. Oh my gosh, great time. But you all just have such a presence, and and it ranges a lot of different kind of. I mean, there's there's funk in there. You're you're gonna hear elements of R and B, reggae, soul, yeah. and it's very. I mean, it's one of my favorite live bands in town. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. And like what you had mentioned about positivity, there's a lot of that in the music, just with like. You know, it just makes you feel good, makes you want to dance. Um, right. And that, again, is another thing we need. But so right before COVID, um, you did this interview with The Bridge for Women's Day. So that was like a week, I think, before everything. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. You were talking about like, oh, we're going down the South by Southwest next week. I was so like, excited. So I know it made me sad because you were so stoked about it. And oh, my God. I sounded like a fool not knowing <laughs> what was coming. I had no none idea. Of, none of us knew. It, it was insane. So that interview also marked the release of your song Revolution, which yes. came out on the record machine. And something that I really love that you said in that interview is that you wanted to use the time you have on stage to speak up. So that's another part of this learning process that you've been going through as a songwriter and artist. Yeah. Um, you said it's time for change. It's time to look inward. It's time to hold people accountable. Yes. And that was such a powerful song that for me was on repeat throughout the year, especially in light of everything that's happened. Yeah. Um, and, and like these inequities that we've been seeing, mm -hmm. that's new, but it's of course been coming into sharper focus. So I'd right. like to talk a little bit more about that. I know that you wanted to talk a little bit about music and just the current culture that we're living in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I, I, of course, still feel more so uh, strongly about those words. I just, I'm constantly trying to find ways that I can speak up or I can contribute. Um, and, you know, some days it's a song and some days it's a donation and some days it's just educating myself as we're all trying to do. Yeah, I just, I... I think back to, of course, you know, there's probably a million memes of Nina Simone saying, you know, it's our duty to be mirrors and to, to reflect the times and, and to sing about what we're experiencing. So, and, and, and I always, I think about, you know, the music that talks about serious subjects in, in a dance-like manner, or, you know, you, mm -hmm. you're grooving and then you don't realize that this song is about police brutality or, you know, it's doing it no matter what, you know, it, it can be, it can be something that really makes you stop and think, or it can keep you moving and keep you thinking. And I, I'm still, I'm still working on that as we speak, you know, how, how real can I get? How, how much can I say? Um, that a, I'm I'm comfortable with, you know. I I want to do it in a in a specific way, but uh, I I don't do it nearly enough. I'm I'm trying to do more. Um, what wh something something really beautiful I think I'm seeing in music today is not only are people using their platforms to call to call out behavior that's inappropriate or or that they want to change, but it's also you know music that is calming people are people are singing about meditation and and changing their life for the better and these songs are affirmations we're chanting we're we're getting back to this great internal feeling it's it's 
this crazy balance of I'm going to create music to calm myself and I'm also going to create it because I'm angry about what's happening in the world. I need to do both. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I think that that's something that a lot of us have really realized a lot more throughout this whole quarantine pandemic process. It's just music is so integral to our lives. Like there's, there is nothing that can replicate the live experience you know just being there in the moment and whether that is through like more healing kind of music like you've talked about or or things that just are happening in the culture that are just so immediate and so important yeah it's taken maybe up until this point i think for now that we've kind of lost that the live elements um Mm. for people to understand like oh man i really need this in my life it's really just this thing that heals me you know yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and for the people that are, you know, it's not only the people in the audience, it's the people on stage too. It's like, absolutely. holy hell, I, I forgot how good this makes me feel. Like, I think about those, you know, gigs over a year ago where it was like going from day to night and you're rushing and it's like, or it's been a bad day or whatever. And it's like, you get to that point where you're like, ah, this is, this is the release I needed. And yeah, I, God, I know we're all so ready to get back to that. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. Absolutely. I'm ready. Better keep good pace. Yeah. So, so we were talking and then I kind of went off on a tangent. I started talking about Hilux and then we kind of went. Oh yeah. Yeah, sure. But I'd I'd love to hear more from your point of view about Hilux, like how it all came together. I know that that's kind of your main focus right now as an artist. Well, you know, we, we paused over this year as, as so many bands did and, and safety is and was the priority. So we, we took a break um and we you know we had we had songs ready to be released right before this and so now we are are getting back to making sure those songs are ready to release um so that's pretty exciting yeah hilux hilux came together you know it's it started kind of as a, a jam thing and then and built from there and and yeah we we do we incorporate so many genres and i i love that i think about like you know, huge bands that, that, you know, everybody wrote songs and, and this style is different from here because we're all just, you know, we want to, everybody has their, not specialty, but you know, it's like, well, we love this reggae tune. We want to, you know, let's, let's write something like that or, or, or have a song that has that feel just because we want to incorporate everything. Um, yeah, so it's it's we're it's been a it's been a quiet year, but I'm I am excited that we're we're jumping back into to songwriting and collaborating and, and trying to to make sure we can 
come back strong. Um, yeah, that is that, you know, things priorities shift over the year and it's like, you got to buckle down and, and, you know, focus on your mental health as this year has shown us is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now we're, you know, as things are opening up, I feel like we're, the band is like shaking off the cobwebs and we're, we're, we're getting ready to get at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. What, what is the songwriting process? Does everybody kind of have a different part or does somebody come in with a song or how, how does that work usually? Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we've done it all kinds of ways, you know, um, there were songs in the beginning that, you know, are on that EP that, uh, came together early on, you know, I, I think, you know, Tim and I wrote and then, um, yeah, songs are kind of just brought in. Um, Kean brings in a lot of songs and, you know, he's a, a one man who plays a million instruments and, and can have it together quick and it's great. And, 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 and then that's how you get the different feels, you know, back and forth. We, we just kind of throw everything in the pot, see what works. Um, and now, of course, digitally, as we are trading things back and forth, um, yeah, I I like to I like to have something like, here we go, this is my mostly complete thought, you know, um, but that doesn't always happen. You gotta you gotta work stuff out. So we just try to. I mean, it's back and forth. It's it's. Emails, lyrics, and and no, let's cut that because it's too weird. And you know, it's 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 really just chopping away at stuff and and doing what what feels like the right thing for the tune. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so And so I know that, like I said before, you and Tim have worked together for a long time um, since yeah. the, the Good Foot, I guess, right? Yeah. Yes. And and you're both such. You work so well together. And and you have this. Uh, I'm. I guess I'm just curious about like the process that you go through of like creating or reinterpreting mm-hmm. songs, and what each of you brings to the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you. You know, we we had a little writing session this morning, and um, it's we try to come at it from from different ways just to see what happens. You know, timing. Um, trying to get an idea out as quickly as possible, uh, going back on things we've reflected on in the past days that, or, or, you know, that loop that's in your head that you just can't get out. It's like, okay, let's put that down because that needs to, that sounds like it wants to be something. Yeah. We, we you know, we sit down at our, our dining room table and we've got headphones and microphones and, um, all the voice memos in the world, as you can imagine. Yeah, I think it's it's a mix of this is what I'm hearing, this is what I'm this this lyric has been in my head for days, or you know, honestly, of course, what's going on in the world, and 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 how can we shape that into to a message? And I, I said this before. I in my songwriting practice, I have to get over the fact that you know, not every song needs to be the epitome of what I think about subject A, B, or C, you know, I, it, it can be that thought in the moment or, or a story or, you know, it, the, the options are limitless. So I, I try not to, to get too bogged down on what, what things should be, you know, or, or, or a pattern to follow, you know? Right. Yeah. And again, I think it's just all part of the process and figuring out like, what do I want to say right now as opposed <laughs> to something that I can, 
add to to a different song or, or you know. yeah yeah totally um you know some things come together and it's just like oh well damn that that wrote itself because the groove was there the vibe was just right for to to put the song together um yeah and some things need to be stored away and and exercised with different different material and um as long as we're continuing to experiment like that we'll we'll just keep going that's that's all we can do yeah yeah and a lot of times i feel like it's just these different puzzle pieces because i'll i'll work with songwriters all the time that are like yeah i i wrote this part today and then i've got this part that i've stored away for the last 10 years and now it's all going to become this one song that in a lot of cases it you know it's just as relevant as it was 10 years ago or whenever they wrote it so of course of course and new life yeah yeah and it, or it you know yeah it's, it has a new application today you know that's clear and that why it works so well yeah i i realize i i tend to approach songs like top to bottom you know i i'm like verse one okay and then you know i work my way down that's not necessarily how how tim works so i'm like wait are you thinking is this verse is this chorus we have to we have to iron that out as well it's kind of yeah. funny that's so interesting to me and you know like i said the two of you work so well together. And I think that a lot of that is probably, I don't know Tim's background that much, but I do know that he's just this incredible guitar player. And one of the first bands that I ever heard, one of the first local bands I ever heard was the Supernauts. So I I loved that band back in the day. I wish wish they would play again. I know they they did like kind of a reunion a few years ago, but yeah, yeah. Um, they do that every every so often. It's like, okay. all right, guys, come together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's probably still a few more in there down the line. <laughs> Good, but you know, I mean, it's just it just speaks to both of your. You both have these really, um, I think, unique sensibilities as musicians, and neither of you are. Again, you said that you're a private person. You don't seek the limelight, and it just all comes out. Like your voices just really come out in in your music. It, it's very earnest and it's very masterful and and I can't say enough wonderful things about both of you and the way you collaborate together. So thank you for sharing all of that with us. Thank you, thank you. That that really means a lot. For I, you know, so many times I I feel like I'm not communicating enough on stage, but I I hope that I'm communicating through the music. So. I think yeah, you you let the music speak for itself, which is to me in a lot of ways just one of the strongest messages ever thank you thank you um i'm also curious i know that you have done a lot of solo work and duo stuff with tim do you have any plans to release um an album of any of that stuff or um i i do yeah yeah um you know being working with the people i have in the past like i just i'm feeling more now than ever like why not explore you know hone down a little more with with each project you know it, it's cool to I mean Hilux we have so much fun and we have great songs and it's and that is great if the sound I'm looking for isn't is a little different that's I want I want to be free to explore that so that's that's what I've been doing um, as of late is is coming up with you know music that feels very much my own not that Hilux doesn't of course but you know I'm I'm just exploring a, a different different avenue um 
so as Hilux continues to to gain traction again, um, my my goal really is to just write as much as I can, you know, uh, to 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 be as prolific as I can. I I I feel like I could make up for a lot of time, and why not just write it and get it out and and feel good about it? Yeah, worry about it that later. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I am definitely looking forward to anything you release, either solo or with a band or anything. So thank you. Thank you. I'm from the land of Monet and Lapagram. Why you didn't think Kimmit had the master plan? Coming out of Killer City had to make me a committee because I didn't have a ditty. I bet you didn't hear me. Black. Metaphor silly, black thoughts said, but you think I'm Big Willie. Bars from the top, like I'm coming out of Philly. Guarantee where I'm coming from, so gritty. You should be the victim of a black self pity. Just because I didn't know what blackness get me. Black is Another thing that I like to, I'd like to invite my guests to talk about an issue as it relates to the music industry and possible solutions. And yeah. one thing you identified is music as it relates to the current culture. Does that have more to do with like how music is kind of pivoting like through the pandemic or is it just whatever you want to talk about? Go ahead. Well, you know, I think we, where to start? Oh my gosh. Um, no, I, I definitely think the music industry in in ways is is not changing i feel like there were tools available to musicians who were you know not utilizing these tools as much as because we were out playing gigs you know um so the this return to to a digital focus i don't of course see it going away anytime soon but i guess my goal is i hope that people can find as much meaning in these digital performances as they do those live performances. It's like, how do we, you know, I, I see a lot of artists doing these very magical streaming concerts and how are people taking away those vibes? Like, are, are we, are we, is that sticking with us or, or is music losing something being pushed out in that way um, rather than the, the live setting? Um, and God, I hope not, because that's that's what we're up to these days. But um, yeah, I guess I just want to see more of that. I want to see more of, you know, there's a, a great singer, Anna Wise, who just put out a concert um, a couple last, last week or mid last week. Anyway, um, you know, she's in this like dome in the woods and she's like, it's got this magical feel and her voice is just incredible. And I don't see more people do. I know, of course, she is. She is the the backing to go to a dome in the woods and put on this concert. But I would love to see. I would love to see things get more elaborate and and make a deeper connection. I just don't know. I don't know what that looks like. And I'm hoping that now that we're getting back to actually being in front of an audience, I hope people will think back on how much they miss live music and support their artists in the way that they should be supported. You know, as I'm getting interest in, hey, could you, you wanna do this gig? You wanna do this gig? I would like people to know it's, we're, it's gonna be different this time around. Like, you know, we are, 
we know what we're worth because we see the reaction from us not being present. So I hope communities will be there to uplift their artists as they, they as much as they claim to. Right. You know, like I said earlier, there is nothing that can replicate the whole idea of live music. But yeah. I love what you said about, you know, all of these live streams and these unique things that artists have done when when live music really comes back. It's just another way to augment what we're all doing. And, you yeah. know, whether we like it or not, we are in this digital age and it's <laughs> it's not always fun. You know, I talk to artists yeah. all the time that are just like, we spend all this time being creative, uh, writing songs, gearing up for shows, doing yeah. this, doing that. And then there's this whole other side of like the business. Yeah. Um, and it's changed so much, even in just like in the last 10 years, like you have to have an Instagram, you have to have a Facebook, you have to have maybe a TikTok, you know, you just have to like yeah. continually be pushing out content. And I know that you've been doing that over the past year quite a bit in, in the way that you can, you know, just yeah. at home. And, and it adds a lot, but it's also just like, it can be kind of exhausting, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, we all had to be videographers and, and location scouts. And, you know, we had to be creative in that way for the first time in a while. And not to say people weren't, weren't you know, some people were more prepared than others. But, you know, we had to step back and, and say, okay, like, we, we have to build a stage, you know, we need lighting and we need to make sure that the sound is as good as it can be, you know, through people's various viewing, you know, platforms. It's like, how do we make this the best it can be in our living room, you know, it, uh, but it's, it's not going away. And, and I think splitting our, <laughs> splitting our time between, you know, we were already social media marketers we were all we we kind of grasped how to to make the most of that here's this other beast now that we have to find a way to tame really and 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 do our best at it you know it's just adding a little cherry on top of an already difficult year it's like well now yeah you gotta do what you can with what you can yeah yeah and i always say that a lot of independent musicians are they're entrepreneurs, you know, because you're doing yeah. so many different things. Like you are running a business and yeah. you're having to learn how to be like PR people and promote yourself. And, and then like the, all of this added layer of like, yeah, you're learning how to be videographers. You're learning how to mix your own audio. You're mm -hmm. learning how to buy the right gear. You got to buy the right microphones. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've talked to a lot of friends that like, you know, they've learned Final Cut Pro this year, they've learned Audition, they've learned Pro Tools, just so they can have this product yeah. that is going to be seen and also sell, you know? Because, Absolutely. Because we, we, need, we need the money, too. Yeah, that's yeah, we, 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 that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <a> job. <laughs> yeah, I need more money to pay for more stuff so I can right. make more videos and, right. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's true. And it's also exciting. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. like learning those new skills not only feels good, but it, it just puts you like, you're like, okay, now I feel like I can, I can compete because, you know, gosh, in this day and age, how many, how many artists have we heard of that, you know, we're just like, I just wanted to do this. And now I put my song out there and oh, I have a million followers and, you know, I have a record deal. It's like, well, shit, you did that like in your mom's basement and I've been gigging for 10 years. Like, damn. 
right? Um, yeah, it's like, okay, well, this can be done. Like we need to rely on, on those tools and, and see where they take us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it's been, it's been a great learning experience in a lot of ways because like we've said, we've just all had to change what we do, how we, how we remain creative, how we remain continually putting out content and yeah. And sane during it. <laughs> right. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's a whole other, we could probably talk about that for another hour. <laughs> so yeah. What else have you been doing outside of like music stuff? How have you been staying sane this year? Oh man. Um, you know, starting projects that I have no business starting. Um, no, actually, we we actually moved into a very old house right before the pandemic uh, started. So that has presented a lot of opportunity for, for you know, projects. Um, this morning, I was out uh, trying to get my raised beds ready. Um, I'm a little late on getting them set up, but since it's supposed to snow tomorrow, I don't feel bad about that. Right. Um, yeah, I just, I mean... It, I kind of just went underground and it was like, now let's just write as much as I can. And what, what comes from that is cool. And if not, I'm just, I'm still working. I'm still just trying to do artistic things, whether they be writing or, or painting or, you know, I, I'm here in my sunroom, as you can see, I have a million plants that I take care of. Um, I've seen that through your Instagram stories. Lots of yeah. plants. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I have, I have way too many. Um, but it's something I feel like I'm I'm kind of good at, and it's it's great to see the growth. It's growth I can track, yeah. so that's nice. Right. I'm, I'm keeping busy somehow. Mm -hmm. Well, and then you've also become a board member at Midwest Music Foundation, which I have. Also yes, with a current board member here, board member. Yeah, board member to board member here. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, which is also excellent. Like I I was very happy to to get that call and I've, I've never been a part of any organization like this before and it, it feels really good to reach out to you know a musician who i see is is struggling and say hey like you know midwest does this can i can i help you out can i send you a link yeah it's it's been great so far yeah for me it you know a lot of it's just like i feel like i'm able to give back to this community that yeah. really helped me I know that you mentioned that you've got something coming up at the Folly this summer. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Folly is doing uh, little shows in their lounge. Hilux band member Kean Byrne just put one out, uh, visited there a couple weeks ago and put on a great performance. It'll be 20 seats sold in the space and then live streamed, of course. That is June 24th. And yeah, it, it should be good. I'm excited to play some new stuff and get back out there it'll be the first one in quite some time and things are you know offers are rolling in so I hope to hope to have a schedule for people to to see us very soon yes I am definitely looking forward to seeing you again sorry my dog's barking in the background but we're just gonna have to deal with that no problem no problem Julia Hale thank you so much for being here I really appreciate you taking the time and I cannot wait to see you again on stage or hear some more recorded tracks from you you're just a delight. So I thank you again for being here. Michelle, thank you. This is really fun. And, and I love doing these things with you. So I, I appreciate the invite. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that'll do it for this episode of Station to Station. Throughout the episode, you heard a few tracks that Julia chose from Kansas City artists. Bookending the show is Hilux with Revolution, which was released as a single in 2020. And I will play it in its entirety after this. 
Then Freedom Affair, Rise Up, from their 2020 LP, Freedom is Love. Thanks, from Alyssa Murray, which was just released last week. And finally, Black is Beautiful, from Kemet Coleman, released in 2020. Special thanks to Patrick Spray and Chris Mowry. Please listen and subscribe to the Center Cuts podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.